even in your very capable hands. <laughs> um, so my name's Timo, and uh, I'm in here this morning, so if you just want to stay where you are, that's fantastic. Um, we're not going out any doors, we are in here, so... That's all right. I just thought I'd add, add in a little bit. Uh, morning, everyone. It's been a while since I've been up the front. Uh, I've been, well, I think the last time I was scheduled on, I had gastro or something, so I didn't really want to, you know, mid-sentence, I'd sort of go, hello, so I sort of doesn't really want to share that with everyone. But um, then we had big camp, and then I've, uh, rest assured, I haven't been just cruising around the place. Um, I was down in Victoria speaking at a place thing down there. Last week, I was in Bundy, and this week, I'm here, so... Um, yeah, it's great to be here, um, and I'm really looking forward to sharing this with you because uh, I really have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. I've been away on Year 6 camp for the last few days, uh, sleep deprived, and uh, so this could be interesting. So before we begin, let's, uh, let's invite God to be here. Father in heaven, we just thank you that we can come here on a Saturday morning. We are free to worship you on a Saturday morning, and Lord, we just thank you for that. Uh, Lord, we ask you to come in. You're here anyway, but Lord, we ask you, we invite the Holy Spirit into the room right now. And uh, Lord, empty me of myself and fill me with you, Lord. My words will be your words. In your name, amen. Um, have you ever been desperate for something? Um, like, extremely desperate for something. We were stuck on Northwest Island on a teen expedition, and uh, it, it, was, it was cold, it was wet. The barge um, made it through, but the, catamar- the big catamaran that came to pick us up couldn't get through the storm and so the barge came through we all loaded all our gear on all we had left were just our jumpers we had um like whatever we were wearing and there was about uh would have been about 80 of us in this big marquee and that was it for the night and so it was saturday night and we're all in there we're all shivering we're all cold we hadn't eaten since saturday tea because we had to pack all our stuff to load it onto the barge and we were stuck in the tent and the raindrops were going on the top everyone was sort of murmuring no one got any sleep that night like always out at sea after a storm it was just dead calm in the morning and we're all up at the crack of dawn it was pretty cool to watch the sunrise that morning literally it was cold um and and we're all we're all standing on the beach trying to see the boat coming up on the horizon and we're watching it and we're we're standing there and then someone says there it is there's the catamaran And the catamaran slowly moves towards us, and it was actually probably going about 30 knots or something decent, but it seemed to take forever. Anyway, being one of the the staff members, we were were holding back and letting the kids all go first, and it was fantastic. But the thing is, when all the staff hold back, all the teenagers were hanging out on the boats. And we didn't realise this, those of us back on shore, but the boat people, that sounds wrong, the people that ran the boat, um, the people that ran the boat had brought with them a whole heap of pizzas. And here are these kids that haven't eaten since Saturday afternoon and they're hoeing into pizza. And I don't know how much pizza was there, as I said, I was on shore, but I heard about this pizza. And, and it, was sort of, it was sort of a bit funny because, as I said, it was glass while we were watching the boat, but as the last people were getting loaded onto the boat, a wind had picked up. And the swell had changed. And so here we are in a catamaran, and for some reason it looked like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Poseidon, I've only ever seen the posters of it, 
but there's a big wave and a boat sort of like surfing on the wave. That's what it felt like on this catamaran. And there's a whole heap of teenagers, about 80 of them, that had just eaten pizza. So my gastro comment at the start was just preparing you for this next little segment because we saw that pizza again. The kids, the kids were all calling out for Ralph and Herbert. You don't need to use your imagination too much because you're, Ralph! And then, oh, look, there's Herbert, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they were having a great time. There was only a few of us that didn't vomit, and the way we got through it was simply getting deodorant and spraying it on our top lip so we couldn't smell the smell. It was foul. But the kids, when they got back to shore, they were great again. Everyone was slightly ginger green, but they were fantastic. And then they took us to pass the pasta. But they were desperate for food. They would eat anything. It was funny as. It was very enjoyable. But they were desperate, so desperate for food. And the question that I want to ask you guys this morning is, what are you desperate for? What are you desperate for? In this encounter series, I get to kick it off, which means I get to pretty much talk about whatever I want, which is fantastic. But life-changing conversations. It's an interesting little tagline to throw, throw on, the, on the series. And the encounter series this morning, we're going to actually look at the story of Zacchaeus. But we're not going to start it at the, at the beginning of that story because that's not where it starts. There's an encounter with Jesus beforehand that I want to run through with you this morning. And so if you've got your Bibles with you on your phone, if you've got the actual book, if you've got whatever, it will be on the screen, but I do encourage you to open up your Bible. In fact, just while you guys are uh, getting your Bibles out and everything like that, in fact, if you haven't got a Bible, come and see us. We've got a couple over there that we can have a look at. Um, we've got some more over in the, in the chaplaincy office that we can give you. And if you would like a Bible, come and have a chat to us. We can, we can even recommend different versions and all that kind of stuff, depending on where you're at in your journey. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 18, and we're going to go to verses 18 to 30. And most of you will recognize the story if you've been brought up in church. If you haven't been brought up in church, it might be new for you. If not, that's all right. And we're going to start in verse 18, and I've highlighted some words for you, just so you can sort of keep that in the memory bank as we go through. A certain ruler asked him, this is Jesus, a certain ruler, and, and quite often we call this story the rich young ruler. And here we go, a certain ruler asked Jesus, good teacher, we're going to pause right there to start off with in this first sentence, purely because this was, un, it was not normal. It was not normal because whenever someone addressed a rabbi or something like that, it was always just teacher. It wasn't, it wasn't anything else, it was always teacher, tell us this. But here we have this rich young ruler, or the young ruler, or a ruler, going up to Jesus, going, good teacher. And in fact, the Old Testament says nothing can be good apart from the law, which is a whole other thing. Nothing can be good apart from the law. And Jesus responds to this guy, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This guy's chasing that dream. Let's go to verse 19. Why do you call me good? Jesus is onto it straight away. Jesus is onto it straight away and says, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So that gives you a clue about that law thing. God is the law. Let's keep going. Verse 20. I didn't get up to you. You know the commandments. You, 
you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honour your mother and your father. Pretty simple. That's, uh, that's pretty much the Ten Commandments. That's what they lived by back then. It was pretty simple, yeah? Let's see what he says. He says, all... Uh, I'm going to go to this one. I didn't bring my glasses. All these I have kept since I was a boy, the ruler said. All these I have kept since I was a boy. Which sort of tells you a bit about his character. Obviously, do not kill. That's what you'd think would be pretty easy. There's a couple of others on there that might be a bit interesting as well. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. This guy's been pretty good. He's ticked a lot of boxes. He's had the checklist and he's gone, tick, 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 done, 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 done. I've been good. I'm ready, Jesus. Send me. Give me that eternal life. And Jesus goes, "Uh uh-uh, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Or, and then Google's coming to play here, lach achrai, which is interesting because it just means come follow me. But (laughs) it sounds cooler. Um, Lach achrai, which is the same as the calling that Jesus gave to his disciples. You see, as Jesus was hanging out at the Sea of Galilee, he walked around and he was calling his disciples going, Lach, Akarai, Lach, Akarai. Probably not straight after each other. There might have been a bit of conversation in between. But here we have Jesus using the exact same phrase for this man to sell everything he has and then, Lach, Akarai. Come, follow me. Interesting that Jesus wanted this bloke to come follow him. Previous stories, we have Jesus with these encounters when Jesus is doing these amazing things and there's miracles happening and, and there's all these amazing things happening and Jesus doesn't say lach, akarai, to any other people. He says, go to your hometown and tell those people or he says, nah, don't tell anyone or he, sa- he just says, go and live your life. There's not too many other occurrences where Jesus says, come follow me in this particular, in- in this particular way. And as we continue on through this story, we'll keep going on to the next one. When he heard this, he became very sad. Have you ever been super excited about something? Super excited about something, you're you're ready to go. Could be a promotion at work or it could be just ice cream. I don't know. But you you get to the end of your... I'm going to run with the ice cream theme. You get to the... All right. Story time. When I, was, when I was growing up, Saturday was always a special day of the week, okay? So Saturday we got our soft drink, that was, that was a sort of a reward for the day, and then, and then we'd have something special for dessert, okay? This particular week, my brother and I had been going off, you've heard stories if you've been here a while, if not, you can look online at refresh.com or whatever it is, um, but there are stories of me and my brother getting on well, um, but there's also stories of me and my brother not so getting on well. And uh, this particular week, we hadn't been doing so well. And uh, mum decided that uh, Saturday lunch was not going to be a special lunch. So we had water. It was a sad day. And then it was my turn to pick dessert. You can tell I'm still cut up about this. It was my turn to pick dessert. And um, I'd, (laughs) I'd chosen... An ice cream cake, of all things, believe it or not. My 
my palate has changed a bit since then. I can't stand ice cream cakes now, but it was a Freddo ice cream cake. For those of you that know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I had chosen this Freddo ice cream cake. I knew it was in the freezer. I'd seen it. I'd snooped it out. And uh, this particular Saturday, Saturday lunch, we had water, and then finished my meal. It wasn't haystacks. I can't remember what it was. I was too excited about dessert. And it came to dessert time, and mum goes, no. And I went, you are kidding. My little heart broke. Actually, I've never had a little heart. I've always been big. My big heart broke. And uh, it was at that moment where I realised... what. <laughs> tough segue I, re I realized how sad this guy must have been you see he's gone beforehand and he's gone tick 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 i've done all those rules i'm good to go and then jesus goes uh-uh you got to sell what you had and whatever else and this guy's heart was broken it says the the very sad the english here doesn't do it justice the guy walked away and he says he has he heard this he became very sad because he was very what wealthy he was very wealthy very sad because he had much and he didn't want to give it away it's quite simple his desire was eternal life how to get there he wasn't prepared to do so how much did he really desire what he had or what he wanted is there one more jesus looked at him and said how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of god and this goes on, and we, uh, yeah, we can keep going. How hard is it for, and sorry, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And continue. And indeed, it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who was rich to enter the kingdom of God. There's two different things to look at this, to look for this. In the Jericho, where these guys were sort of heading around that sort of area, there was a little gate down near the main gate, which was just big enough for a, a man to walk through. And that's called the eye of the needle. And it would be hard for the camel to get through that. So that's one sort of way of looking at it. The other way is, and um, the other way was, a literal eye of the needle. But not just any needle, it was one for making sails uh, for ships and stuff. And so there, there's still a bit of debate on the way they think this is, so you can choose whichever way. Um, but I kind of like the camel way because I'd love to see a camel try and go through it. Anyway, I just think it'd be funny. Then a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard us, who can then be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible for God. Peter said to him, we have left all we have had to follow you. So Peter picked up on it. Peter picked up on, on what was going on in the scenario. Peter's quite cluey when he thinks about stuff. When he lets his... <laughs> When he's let his actions work, he's, he's a bit missed. But anyway, 28, uh, we gave all we had. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one has, who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters, parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much, as, uh, as much in this age. And in the age to come will receive eternal life. How much did the rich young ruler desire it? Not a lot not a lot there's a where i grew up redland bay um there's a place called wellington point people might know it people might not know it but at wellington point 
Um, there's these fig trees. Check them out. I've got a photo. This is how prepared I am. Look at that. I don't, all this modern architecture down the bottom's turned up since I was a kid. Disregard. But the, but the dirty big fig tree in the background, and they've had to brace up one of the um, branches because it's gotten so big. We used to run around and climb all over it and used to sort of balance out on it and all that kind of stuff. Had great fun. Great fun. But the story, and this is what I always picture when I, when I study the story of Zacchaeus, is a tree like this, but it, apparently it's nothing like it. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm a visual person, so this is still what I think about. A sycamore tree, um, different regions have different sizes. I've read some of them that are huge. I've read some of them that are small. I've never been there. Would love to go there. If anyone wants to buy me a flight, I'm happy to accept it. Um, but a uh, sycamore tree, I've read contrasting things. And the best I could come up with was a tree similar to a poinciana tree. Uh, that sort of height, sort of big, wide, and sort of semi-short. So, yeah, when I was growing up, we used to climb all over these things. Let's go over to the story of Zacchaeus now. And it's in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 9. So we'll hang out there. As Jesus entered Jericho, Jericho at this time was a beautiful city. It was often called the City of Palms. Okay, so that sort of suggests that there's a lot of palm leaves and they come into play later on in Jesus' story. But the city of Jericho was said to be a beautiful city and they had trees and stuff going through the streets and everything like that. And it was going to be a fantastic sort of time in Jericho. Let's go to the next verse, please. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was very wealthy. So... As most people know, tax collectors were hated because they put extra taxes on people. And, and so to be a tax collector, you were hated. But to be the chief tax collector, oh my goodness. This guy, this guy, I've said it before, but just to help your mental pictures, the Wellington Point story, but Danny DeVito, you guys know who Danny DeVito is? Younger fellas might not. He's this little dude that gets angry. Um... Picture Danny DeVito as Zacchaeus. It just helps. Um, so Danny DeVito, I mean Zacchaeus, he, he was a chief tax collector. And, and to be the chief tax collector, you were extremely hated. And to be the chief tax collector meant that you had everything. You taxed beyond tax. You, you sort of stole as much as you could. And, and you had everything. You had the latest cars. You had the latest boat. You had the latest plane. You had everything like that big house and you had i don't know the fancy dresses or whatever they wore back then sandals and all that kind of stuff so he he was the man but he was the man but he had nothing else he had nothing else and it would be interesting to give zacchaeus the same checklist that the rich young ruler had and had gone tick 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 it would have been interesting to give the same list to zacchaeus to find out what he ticked and what he didn't tick if you know what i'm saying that did not steal might be an interesting one. Throwing it out there. Maybe some of the others. Who knows? Let's keep going. Uh, he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. This point in particular is an interesting one because if you are that rich, thank you. <laughs> if you are that rich, um, excuse me for a sec. Yeah, maybe. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Shane. Excuse me. If you were that rich, right, why are you in the crowd to start with? 
If you were that rich, why are you in the crowd to start with? But the thing is, if you were that rich and that hated, why are you in the crowd? This guy would have been battered and bruised. If he's trying to see Jesus in a crowd of people and he's trying to push his way through, do you think anyone's going to give him room? Uh-uh, there'll be elbows swinging. I don't know about you guys, but he's head height. Let's think about it for a second. Hey, give him a nudge. But he wanted to see who Jesus was and no one was giving them room to do so and in their right mind to do that. Because this guy, he's Danny DeVito. No, he's, he's just evil. They didn't like him. And with right reason. Let's keep going. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore hyphen fig tree. Yeah, I did that. Hyphen fig tree. To see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. Let's keep going. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. immediately. I must stay at your house today. I opened up with a question. And the question was about desire. Zacchaeus has just been beaten and bruised, trying to see Jesus. He climbs a tree, does something out of the ordinary to see who Jesus was. How was Zacchaeus' desire? Just think about that for a second. And here we have Jesus, the guy who knows what's going on. He knows that Zacchaeus has been punched in the head. He knows that Zacchaeus is this, this terrible person. But Jesus stops underneath where Zacchaeus was, looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down right now. I'm coming to your house for tea. At that point in time, I always think of the price is right. Zacchaeus, come on down. But anyway, that's just how my head works. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. I can't imagine that. Jesus is surrounded by heaps of people. He stops, looks up. Zacchaeus, come on down. Zacchaeus gets down and welcomes him gladly. What do you reckon that would look like? Do you think Zacchaeus would have been speechless? Do you think Zacchaeus, I don't know how he welcomed him gladly. Like obviously, he'd be super excited that this guy that everyone's talking about is coming to my house for tea and all that kind of stuff. But I just can't picture what this story is, is happening because I, don't, I, I just can't picture it. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. You see, he instantly had that label. He also had a couple of black eyes, but he instantly had that label that um, he was a sinner and, and, and he wasn't perfect. But Jesus still said, hey, mate, I'm coming to your place. I'm coming to your place. All the, uh, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times. The law back then was called the law of Moses. And if you had done something wrong, I've got to make sure I get this right, otherwise I will tell you a falseness. And it says this, if you had stolen any goods and not, um, if the stolen goods were not restorable, then the value of them would have to be paid in double the amount. That was one of the laws back in the day. Okay? If you stole stuff and then voluntarily gave it back, you would have to pay what they were worth I don't know how they worked this out. This is cool. They were creative, obviously, because it says, if the goods were given back voluntarily, the return goods would have to be paid in whole, plus one-fifth of their value. I don't know how they worked that out. Maybe they just used camels or something. You know, there's five camels. There's one more. I don't know. 
I don't know, but it's amazing. So Zacchaeus, what Zacchaeus is doing here is, 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 is interesting in the fact that I, if I've cheated anybody of anything, I'll pay them back four times. And, and at the start, look, we're here now, I'll give half of my possessions to the, law, uh, to, to the poor, to the Lord. <laughs> that didn't sound right. But he's going to pay him back four times the amount. You see, Zacchaeus had a desire. And once he sort of received that desire, some amazing things happen in the fact that he's not just going by the law, he's going above the law. If you think back to the rich young ruler, I've obeyed the law and all that kind of stuff. Zacchaeus isn't just obeying the law. Uh-uh, I'm doing a bit extra. This is where it's at. This is where it's at. So let's keep going. Verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because of this man too is a son of Abraham. So that, that, that alone is interesting in itself. It said that Zacchaeus was an Israelite. And he was working for the Romans. If you, if you want to tick off an Israelite, hang out with the Romans. That's how much this guy was hated. All through this story, there's an emphasis of this guy was hated, but he desired something more. Let's keep going. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. When something's lost, when something's lost and, and you're trying to find it, you have a desire. You have a desire to find that thing and return it to its rightful place. There's n- numerous stories of lost things in the Bible. There's a lost coin, there's a lost sheep, there's who knows what else there needs to be. But they have a desire to find what they're looking for. And, and quite often, when in, in church terms and, and religious terms, when we talk about people being lost, we sort of think of them as being damned, I guess, or, or um, you know, they're just not part of us. But realistically, they're just misplaced. They're just misplaced. They just need returning to God. An interesting sort of concept to follow up. It's like, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but it's like driving somewhere where you, I don't know, I'm one of these people, <laughs> confession time, I'm one of these people that doesn't like asking directions. Hey, mate, you just got pointed at, mate. And, um, and, and as we're driving through, no matter where we are, if we're overseas driving or if we're in Australia driving, Brisbane, I'm all right. I know Brisbane, Okay. If you're, in, if you're in Melbourne or Sydney or something like that, I've got a pretty good sense of direction. Like, I know it's over there, so i just got to get over there. And I'll, I'll work my way around it, and I may take a bit more time, but I will get there, right? There have been a few occasions where I've gone, okay, we're going to have to crack out Google now, which I think is really good. For, and blokes, I'm talking to you now, which I think is really good because we don't actually have to stop and ask someone and admit how bad we are. Yeah, I think it's great. So I'd say to Courtney, Courtney, all right, it's time to crack out Google. And you have that moment where you're like, oh, I hope there's reception. And if there's not reception, oh, we're lost. That's it, we're done. And um, anyway, so you're driving across town and you, you sort of can't work out where you're going. There's all those stupid one-way streets in Sydney. I don't know what that's about. 
and 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 you're going all these around all these different things you're zipping through on your lot and then you finally pop out of your destination because that's where google says that it is and it happens to be not right doesn't that tick you off and then you get the stories in in europe or something like that where people are trying to test apple maps you guys remember those apple maps and they ended up in the ocean like what kind of person drives into the ocean because their phone told them to do it water car water car i don't know come on now talk about being lost clowns for the son of man came to seek and save that which was misplaced think of the last time you've lost something and how much you really wanted to get that back how much wink how much you really wanted to get that back think about how much you really wanted to get that back it might even be your car keys this morning it might even be i don't know the your phone your wallet all those things there are many different things that you could lose but the question that i want you to think about this morning is an important one because what you lose quite often is what you desire and what you desire is something that you really 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 want but the funny thing with desire is once you usually get that thing back you don't desire it anymore you see the rich young ruler he desired eternal life or whatever else but he didn't desire jesus he didn't desire it enough because he thought that he was close enough he thought that he was close enough to jesus to not desire it. he didn't want that desire he didn't have that burning desire for him but then you look at Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus is getting punched and he's surrounded by people and they're barging him out he goes and finds a tree climbs a tree Jesus looks up at him and sees his desire in his eyes turns around and goes I'm Jesus said to him I'm coming to your place Zacchaeus goes oh and that was the part that I couldn't explain to you where's your desire level for Jesus right now the conversation that Zacchaeus had with Jesus it, it the bible actually doesn't give it to us it just says that Jesus looked up and said come on down and Zacchaeus goes yep you're coming to my place for lunch i don't know i'll make the haystack and then all of a sudden Zacchaeus just turns around and says i'm going to give half of what i have to the poor and then i'm going to repay them four times if i've done something wrong against them you see Zacchaeus desire right there in that conversation the encounter that these two people had were complete opposites and if you had to put your desire on a scale of the rich young ruler and a scale of Zacchaeus where would you line up it's a hard question to ask it's even harder one to answer how much do you desire the encounter with Jesus looking down sitting in a fig tree looking down at Jesus 